2: welcome back to another episode of girls take on law yes happy monday everyone welcome
0: back we just want to say thank you so much for the support and the feedback since we launched this podcast you guys loved it we've had such
2: great response to it and we're so excited to be recording more episodes for you Absolutely. We are so, so grateful. So please keep listening. So this week, we're going to be talking all about the work hustle culture and striking that work from home and life balance. So we've actually had a DM or I've been sent a DM um, from a lovely girl. So let's get straight to it. So she said, Hey girl, I've seen that you've been working from home since the beginning of the pandemic, and I've recently just got a new job working from home. But I'm struggling with balancing my time and separating my work and home life, especially because I work from my bedroom. Do you have any tips on how to strike that balance? I think this is a really interesting question, and I think it's something that we definitely all struggle with. I know I personally struggle with it. Do you say you'd have a work-life balance, Gabrielle, or what's your tips? Um, I think this is
0: a great one. Like, first of all, because work-life balance is so difficult, and I don't think it's ever really perfected. I think there's some weeks that I could have the perfect work life balance and everything goes smoothly. But there's other weeks where it just gets busy. And you can't control or predict what's going to come up at work, whether it's urgent things, um, deals closing, anything like that. So it really can depend on the week. But there are so many things that you can do to help when it does get busy, and sort of things to self discipline yourself. So I have a couple of tips, some I've tried. And some I have not, but I'm gonna share because they're really interesting. So I've told Lauren this, guys, and she just laughs. But I think it could <laughs> I be something I think it could be something really good. I'm yet to try it, but if anyone has done it, let me know. But it's a fake commute. So this is really great. For example, if you work in your bedroom or somewhere where you want to also relax. So when you get up, you get ready for work, and then you put your shoes on, you grab your laptop, your like anything you use at work that you can carry and you put it in a bag and you leave the house, walk around the block and then you come back. And when you open that front door, you have to imagine that is your office. So you then, you know, don't take your shoes off. Well, you can if you want, it's up to you, but don't take your shoes off. It's your office. You sit down, you set up for the day and you work and then come half five or whatever time you finish, shut it down, put it all in your bag walk out the door again, do another lap of the block or a little 10-minute walk. And when you open your door, you're then home. Like, this is your home. It's no longer the office. Take your shoes off, put your bag down, leave it there. Don't take it out or put it back on the desk or anything. Just leave it in the bag by the front door. And yeah, then you're home. Now, yeah, this could be really silly. I think Lauren
2: thinks this is stupid. No, (laughs) Um, no, no. I (laughs) don't think it's stupid. I love the concept. I just can't imagine me doing it does that make sense like yeah I think think it's time consuming isn't it definitely yeah I I think I like my sleep my extra sleep a bit too much but I (laughs) I really do love the concept of separating that sort of like work and the home life because I think that's something I really struggle with so I work in my bedroom I feel like some days I spend 90% of my time literally just sat at this desk working so i think the concept and i definitely do struggle with getting outside and remembering to take a walk if i've got a busy day so adding that into your routine whether that's in the morning evening or lunchtime or all of them i think that's really really great
0: yeah no i agree i work in my bedroom and one tip i would say because i think it's very easy as you say to be stuck in your room the whole time is try and switch location if you can. So I worked in my bedroom from the beginning of lockdown, like back in March, 2020. And I would say I stayed there for maybe six months. And then I actually moved to my dining room for, I don't know how long it was, maybe like three or four months and sort of worked in there for a bit. And then I've come back to my bedroom again, but my desk is in a different place now. So if you can try and switch around where you work or even, you know, have a little bit of a interior design move around. And I just think that change of scenery, even if you're facing a different direction in your room, it just gives a whole different connotation to your work life and the work you do. Because one thing that a lot of people are struggling with, and this will depend on what department and job role you're in, if you deal with very difficult customers or clients and you have a really bad day where they're horrible, they're nasty, whatever happens, you apply that and you relate that to your workspace so if something has happened for example in your bedroom and you have that negative energy and that day's been awful the last thing you really are going to want to do is chill out in your bedroom and also it's going to be hard to switch off it's it's going to be something that is just surrounding you constantly so it is a difficult thing to do so if you can move around and just change I think that's a really good tip actually and that's something that personally helped me just to cope
2: yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think a tip that I would give is I know, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I I mean, like a lot of us, I, I didn't think it would be very long. So I was kind of adamant against putting a desk in and getting a monitor and getting a chair and getting myself that like proper setup. But I think actually that is really, really valuable that if you can invest in that setup and so that you almost come and sit down at your desk and that's your working day. And then you get up and you sort of like, shut it down and you leave again i think if you can sort of like get that desk the chair monitor is just an invaluable purchase in my opinion
0: definitely because as much as it's nice to you know sometimes have a soft office which if people don't know what that is it's where you you're either on a couch or couch i never say couch you're on a sofa or you're sat on your bed and you're just on your laptop that's nice you know occasionally on a friday or if you're having a chilled afternoon but if you're working off a laptop on your bed or on your sofa all the time, it's then even
2: harder to separate the two. So, a desk and a good setup is sort of a perfect way to separate them both. And I think, actually, for me personally, I know, uh, like, as you said, a Friday afternoon or something, you can be guilty of sitting in your soft office. But in terms of productivity, me sitting at my desk with my monitor, I'm in a completely different mindset. So, I do have to really kind of like discipline myself to make sure I'm sat here, sort of like full attention on my work. Do you know what I mean? Massive divide between like my productivity is if I was sat on my bed with my laptop on my lap or if I'm sat on my desk. That is a huge factor as well. Alongside
0: phones, it is so much easier now to have like your phone on a desk or close by or easy to grab. And you have to have self-discipline to not go on it because it is a huge distraction and your productivity levels are definitely proven to be lower if your phone is around you. So treat it like you are in the office. For example, where I work. Well, and I think predominantly most law firms, all they should be doing is that you don't have your phones around you, like personal phones. You can have work phones, but personal ones you shouldn't for data protection and things like that. So just because you're at home, you should be doing the same thing. You know, put it in your drawer, put it in a bag and then go on it at lunchtime or in your breaks. It's not something that you should Constantly be on because it's really going to affect it, and again, it's going to interplay your home life and your work
2: life together, and everything is again going to be harder to separate. I completely agree, and I think another thing I um, just really wanted to mention is make sure you do take those breaks. So, just an example of what I do is that I'm really lucky that I have flexible working hours, so I might start work at sort of like eight nine o'clock in the morning, and um, work for an hour and a half, and then um, go sit, have a cup of tea or breakfast, like a late breakfast with my parents, and I think doing those like little things at home are really great for me that i definitely wouldn't have the time to do before so if you have time in your day whether that's at lunchtime to take a walk around the block with other people that you're living with or meeting colleagues because for a socially distance walk i think there's so many both mental health benefits and sort of like physical benefits of having a break which i think yes, are valuable
0: definitely and i think even if you don't have flexible working you're still entitled to have breaks. And I think that's one thing that I felt quite guilty about doing, working from home. And I don't know why I used to feel guilty about it, but I did. I felt like because they couldn't necessarily see me, I was like, oh, if I step away from my computer to get a drink or, you know, make some food quickly or, you know, rent the toilet, what if they call me in that second or I put myself on a way and they think, oh, she's not working. It was that guilt of what what are they gonna think if you know, if they look coincidentally at both times when you're away having a little break. I don't know if anyone else has thought this. I've spoke to a few people that do. And I think there's this guilt of because you're at home, you have to be constantly available and working when really you are entitled to those breaks and you will actually be a better worker. If you do take the time away, whether that's just a five minute, as you say, grab a cup of tea, grab a drink, anything. Whereas if you're constantly working and you do not step away from your desk, your attention levels just go down because I've had days where I will sit at the computer, I've got a drink next to me, I'm ready for the day. And then I end up getting so engrossed in work that I I actually realize I get to four o'clock and I think, oh my God, I've actually not left this seat. And I'm like, that's probably not helpful at all. And I find myself not being able to pay as much attention. Whereas if I take myself away and come back for a couple of minutes, it's like, you just feel much fresher. So definitely, as you say, don't feel guilty about taking breaks. Obviously, don't take the mick. Don't don't be swanning off um, and not working. And if you feel you need more or less, you know, to help yourself, speak to your managers. I think that's always another good thing to do have open yeah. conversations
2: yeah absolutely I think that's really great and I thought I might just share a conversation that I have recently had with my line manager so I'm very very lucky that I have a hugely supportive line manager um that I have really great open communication with um, but I know definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot is in the pandemic I do struggle to have that sort of work-life balance and those boundaries between work and home I think especially because there's just not a lot to do right now so sort of like when does my work day end and especially because I've spoken about this a little bit before sort of on my legal Instagram and things that I'm currently undertaking a huge project at work that there is so much work to do that we are naturally very very busy and actually when when do you stop when do you sort of like end your work day, there's always more work to be done. And so I did actually have a conversation with her about not working in the evenings, not working on the weekends so much. And it was a really, really positive conversation and actually really trying to reflect myself and making sure I'm setting those boundaries for myself and she said she was really supportive and obviously didn't want me to be working ridiculous hours and would help to make sure I am implementing those boundaries. It is on me but it is definitely something I know and I'm sure many of you are sat in exactly the same position listening to to this and thinking actually yeah I do end up working till sort of like six seven o'clock almost by accident really because yeah you don't have that much else to do or there's just too much work to be done Um, and I think it is so important actually create better boundaries. You've
0: really hit the nail on the head there saying that and having those conversations with your line manager because when I first started this new role they are a very busy team and they they can work late and if you get urgent work or big deals it can be late nights or you know those extra hours but I think the important thing as you say is if it can wait till tomorrow then leave it till tomorrow because I've been guilty that I think oh is there work to do shall I I can get ahead of it and I can do this and I can do that, and I'll ask for more work and I'll get it done. And whilst that's great, obviously, because there's not really much else to do, it's one of the things that you then don't have that boundary and you almost need to have that separation to say, right, it can wait till tomorrow. It's not urgent. So shut the laptop down and do it tomorrow morning and not necessarily just doing everything for the sake of it, which it's so tempting to do when it is busy because you just want to tick as many things off your to-do list as possible but this kind of leads on actually to a stereotype that i really want to talk about and me and lauren we don't work at your stereotypical big magic circle firm however work life balance is still something that is very hard to achieve and we want to make that aware because i think. We did a poll just to see if the stereotype was correct, and it was to an extent. So we asked if people are aiming for Magic Circle or sort of national, high street, international firms, and 83% of people went for the national side. However, their reasonings was because you get, they the words from a lot of the people is that you get a work-life balance, and that is the stereotype of Magic Circle. And we kind of want to set the record straight in the fact that just because it's not Magic Circle, it does not mean that you are given a work-life balance. It's still something that you have to work towards. You have to put work into it to be able to achieve it. No matter where you work in life, whether that is Magic Circle, National, High Street, a little firm, international, anything, it is hard to get a work-life balance and you will be busy and there will be parts of your life, whether that's certain weeks certain months whether it's a busy period at christmas you know regardless there will be times when it is manically busy deals are closing and you will have late nights and that's everywhere so just to summarize whilst you all may have obviously different personal reasons for wanting magic circle or national we just kind of wanted to put it out there that if your main reason is work-life balance don't necessarily just rely on that reason because that's something as we say it's hard to strike anywhere you work and it's it's difficult no matter where you go so not we're not saying it's not achievable but it's something you will have to work at anywhere
2: definitely i think that's really true so i think to summarize let's just um reel off some really quick hints and tips for how to strike that balance i'm definitely going to start with try not to work on the weekends love that i would say open discussions so whether that's with your managers with your teams and if you're out of office really be out of office try not to peek at your emails i know personally this one I'm not the best at and I'm definitely trying to improve but if you're taking that break really take the break
0: and I also think the last one take your annual leave you're entitled to it you're allowed it don't feel guilty obviously speak to your managers you know if there's something busy going on or everyone's off on a certain day you do have to be smart about what days you book off to help the team but ask the questions book it off you need to have time off to recharge rest and then come back better right so the next topic we want to go on to is this work hustle culture we feel like this is something that it's constantly going on you feel like you have to constantly be doing something so we're going to go into depth a bit about
2: this and our thoughts. I think this is a really interesting topic and I think it's something a lot of people struggle with um, is especially at the beginning of your career there's so many things you could be doing you're really wanting to impress your firm if you have just started a TC as a paralegal if you're looking for a TC um, maybe if you're going on to NQ jobs Um, and I think it's really easy to actually burn yourself out and overwork to the point that you're you're just working way beyond what you should be doing and I think it is something that a lot of people struggle with and I think it's something that both me and Gabrielle discuss a lot that potentially this is something we are guilty of and something that we did really want to discuss I'm 100% guilty of it you
0: you want to impress regardless whether that's as you say it could be paralegal but it could also be down to you start off you know as an admin assistant a case handler any role that you have you want to make those good impressions and it's a brilliant thing to do but also don't Don't make those impressions so much that you're working beyond your means because it it just will not end well. And you then open up that boundary. If you're answering client phone calls at 11pm, you you can't really stop that. It's almost that, that level of if you show people it's an acceptable thing to do. You know gives one an inch they'll take a mile so again even early on in your career try and set those boundaries and not overwork yourself if you start working every saturday and sunday from the beginning when you suddenly stop that because you think oh i am entitled to a weekend it's very hard to almost cut that back because people will be like oh you're not working and really it shouldn't be that way i know that's a very extreme example but don't necessarily go beyond something just to impress obviously you know, do more than the bare minimum. You do want to make those impressions, but don't end up working 24 7 because it's very hard to then come back from that without it looking bad
2: because you're almost taking a step back I think it's really just about striking that balance isn't it so i thought i'd share a tip actually that a trainee at my future TCE firm told me that actually um yes work late if you need to and if the work needs to be done but don't just work late for the sake of it because actually especially in a law firm you actually look quite inefficient and i thought that was a really interesting point actually and not something that i'd ever heard before but it's definitely something i'm going to take into account because that is true you do want to look like you're doing the work efficiently
0: yeah see i've actually i have heard this i think it's something that is spoken about quite a lot across firms you just look like you can't get your work done because if you're given so many tasks that are able to be completed in one day and your line managers your supervisors the partners you know giving you that work if they know that and then they see you there at 9pm a lot of time they'll think well why are they still did it really take them that long because I think especially nowadays firms are more aware of this work-life balance and they are more aware that you should have a life and not stay for the sake of it so then take advantage of that if they're giving you work that you can get done in a day and you can leave brilliant don't be staying for the sake of it as you say it's just it makes you look inefficient and it sometimes is then
2: a bad impression. And don't get us wrong. There's always going to be times that there's going to, especially when you've got clients, there's going to be urgent matters and there's going to be a need to stay, but I think, as I've just mentioned before, it's really striking that balance and knowing when to put in that hard work and when it actually isn't working. I think that leads on to as well. There's never, ever going
0: to be that progression of work if you are giving 24 7, 150% now as a junior. For example, when you step up and you become partner, as you go higher and higher and you climb the ladder, if you're already at your limit and then you're piled on more work and you don't know how to cope with that because you've already sort of burned yourself to the ground that is just not healthy you're how can you you can't maintain that work life for 40 years until your retirement you will literally burn out and just not enjoy your life and then it just takes the whole enjoyment away from your career from your family life your friends you know everything personal it just it's just not sustainable I think that's the key word it's not sustainable so you are a junior remember that as we say put in the work stay late if you need to but don't do it for the sake of it because it won't help you in the long run
2: yeah so i think what we're really just trying to say is actually do really try and strike that balance and i think also what we're trying to get across is maybe some of the mistakes we've made in the past um so i know i definitely have worked way too late in the past and probably just shouldn't have need needed to and have now learned that actually it can't wait for the morning and it's not always giving the best impression and i think this is something that we really want to bring across in our podcast is where we've learned those lessons that we can then pass on to you so that you can be sort of like the as We as i always say this the best sort of person you can be when you're walking into your tc or in your paralegal role nq anything so when we're giving this these advice obviously take it as a pinch of salt as you will but that, these are just kind of the things that we found yeah i think it's very
0: hard to know what job you're going into until you're there and it's It is something you do have to pick up the vibe of the team, how late the team work, what they're doing. I remember when I started this recent job, the team were, because we can see like active statuses and I could see they were working late. And they did say to me, they're like, there's not anything for you to do. It can wait till the morning, you know like nothing urgent you can go home obviously I'm at home but you can log off and you can go type thing and I remember thinking is this a test like it am I being <laughs> tested here should I be working an extra three hours to give those good impressions and I did I did stay I ended up staying and doing work and then the next day people in my team that obviously are a lot higher up they'd ring me and be like why were you on like we said it can wait till the morning it's fine and you realize oh that they're, they're actually serious <laughs> I could have gone home and I think it's just getting to know your team and distinguishing urgent work and non-urgent work because i i put it all into urgent i think i panicked on making that good impression but yeah my team is so lovely and as they say if it doesn't need to be done tonight don't do it go home and i guess that goes within our top tips really of just speak to your team and find out the level of urgency
2: i think another important thing to talk about is actually social media and the portrayal of the work hustle um, on social media and i think this is again something me and gabrielle talk about quite a lot and something that I've definitely been guilty of in the past when I started my legal Instagram or I was trying to really show a true portrayal of like my working day and sort of like so if I was working at nine o'clock or early in the morning I would show you that and I think sort of like reflecting and having my account sort of like a year now that's definitely something I do less um, because I am conscious of not constantly showing that work hustle and how that possibly reflects on other people and feeling like they need to be working all the time because I know like myself and Gabrielle we both have very busy lives we both do so many different things and that's not just our usual our normal job we do so many things and I think sometimes it definitely does get across that we're we have that work hustle like absolutely and don't get me wrong I'm I'm proud of how hard I work and everything that I've achieved, but I think it. De- I've said this a lot of times, but it is really striking that balance between how much you're portraying that work hustle and how much you're actually showing your downtime. Because I think that's something we don't always show our downtime, and it's definitely something yeah we're trying to improve.
0: Yeah, I think it's something we are guilty of, or not necessarily as much anymore. It was almost like not necessarily portraying. um How do I want to put this? We were working very hard, and that's fine. But we were almost showing it, and I feel like on social media, people start to show work hustle in almost like it's a braggy or showing off way. Like, look how busy I am. Do you mean like this is something that I think not even just about us? Now I'm talking about the whole community and everyone and anyone really i think people want to show that they're incredibly busy and look what i'm doing and i've got this on and this on and that on and okay cool but i for example i have like days where i do nothing and i watch netflix and i see my friends and i really have that chill time and i don't necessarily show that because that's the chill time i'm having but i think it's very difficult social media because you can easily go on linkedin instagram even twitter sometimes To be honest, any platform where you follow people that are like-minded or people that you aspire to be like, you can watch their stories and their posts and instantly think you're not doing enough and it is such sort of a toxic culture and that's why I've refrained now from doing it as much as possible. I used to think it was a positive thing to show how hard you're working. And as, as you said, Lauren, I am proud of how hard I work and the things I do, but it's not necessarily something that constantly needs to be shared, the a million things you're doing and how busy you are and all these things, because, you know, there's people that are probably watching that on their down chill day, and it instantly it can make them like, oh, like I should be doing more. I mean, I watch things, like I, for example, me and you could be so busy, you know, either recording this or planning whatever, and then I could watch someone else that's achieving something Incredible, and is insanely busy. And I think, oh, I'm not doing enough, and it's this—it's just a cycle, and I think everyone that is productive and everyone that's not productive, it gets caught up in it. And we all end up, everyone collectively feels like they're not doing enough, re- regardless. Do you know what I mean? And Absolutely. I just think, yeah, I just think it's not a good portrayal anymore of being busy and being productive. It, it that, do you know what, That's a good way to put it. It's not motivating anymore. I think for a lot of people, it is a culture of it makes you feel rubbish. For Definitely. example, we talked a lot, didn't
2: we, about the pandemic? The pandemic, the very beginning, everyone, and felt like they weren't doing enough or everyone was watching everyone else doing ru- like running or baking. You know, everyone was baking banana bread. They were exercising <laughs> in their back gardens with their home gyms. And yeah, I think a lot of people really felt like they weren't doing enough and i think it was a very strange and uncertain time and yeah joe i think that was the turning point for me actually
0: because i did the same i got caught up in at the beginning of that lockdown the pressure to feel like you had to do something was just unreal and i mean there is a happy medium i think that's where as i say the turning point for me was okay find the balance it's not necessarily about trying to do everything like don't try and run bake exercise play a sport learn a language learn how to play the piano i mean all these things i ended up having on my list like i need to fill all my time because it's a lockdown and we've got given all this time and we have to make the most of it and it's like no that's not always the case yes if you've got loads and loads of free time i mean if you want to sit and do nothing fair play do what makes you happy but even just necessarily picking just one thing that sparks your interest that you want to get involved in and just start with that and grow that interest it's not about doing zero percent and it's not about doing 150 percent I think just find that happy medium that works for you and there is no right and wrong and as you say I just think it was a whole pressure from everyone and even beyond the pandemic I do think this work hustle culture is just a thing that kind of needs to die out a little bit yes everyone works hard yes it's a great thing to work towards your goals but let's not portray it anymore that none of us rest or sleep because we do and it's actually healthy to rest it's healthy to sleep it's healthy to spend time with family friends you know actually have a life and in turn your productivity levels are higher than if you didn't do those things
2: yes i think we should be talking about well-being instead and all the good things we're doing for ourselves so i know that both myself and Gabrielle we both are committed to the shreddy workouts so we both do a number of workouts a week and for us this exercise is non-negotiable and we've both seen a massive improvement sort of like in our well-being and the same with getting eight hours sleep I know everyone says this but it is so so important to get that sleep if you want to be the best version of yourself I know that I am the best version of myself and Gabrielle is definitely the best version of herself when she gets whoa, whoa
0: whoa 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 you... <laughs> right Lauren got very angry with me the other day because she was extremely tired and we were trying to film an episode and let's just say she was not happy by the end of it <laughs> I was pretty tired <laughs> yeah no to be fair it was a long day I did and we were yeah. both really tired it just yeah let's just confirm we can both confirm that each other are a hundred percent better versions of ourselves with a good eight hours sleep <laughs>
2: absolutely and you know you're going to be the best version of yourself your colleagues your friends your family your work is going to be better it's again it's that productivity is going to be so much better if you're looking after yourself if you're getting that sleep yeah
0: and i think if we are going to be glamorizing you know working hard and as we did say earlier we are proud of the work we put in but we also think okay well let's also be glamorizing the sleep that we get for eight hours the exercise that makes us happy and healthy and then having those weekends that are filled with family and friends
2: Absolutely, and I mean, me and you, we'd love a day off. Like, we work very hard. Oh my God, love. Absolutely, and I I love sitting on a Sunday and binge watching a whole Netflix show, you know? (laughs) That's one of my favorite things to do, but I work hard at different times, and I think, again, it's just striking that balance.
0: (laughs) I think we've used that quote so many times (laughs) in this episode, so apologies if everyone hates us for that, but,
2: you know, we're emphasizing the point, strike that balance. And on that note, I think we're probably done for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it.
0: And as always, please feel free to email us any dilemmas, any topics you want discussed. You can send them to our email address at girlstakeuponlaw at gmail.com. And we'll see you in the next episode.
1: it.